Well, I'm Leffler. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Dr. Jamie Weiner. Dr. Jamie, are you ready to do this? I'm looking forward to it, George. All right, let's go. Jamie is a psychologist. He is the co-founder of The Quest for Legitimacy and Inheriting Wisdom. He's a consultant for high net worth families. His newest book is The Quest for Legitimacy, How Children of Families Discover Their Unique Place in the World. Jamie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. So I grew up in a prominent family, but not a wealthy family. And about somewhere between 15 or 20 years ago, my wife and I, and she came from a business-owning family, her parents died 35 days apart from each other, which was motivation for us, both psychologists, to create Inheriting Wisdom with the, the, the purpose of looking at all the stuff that goes on behind the money, because no disservice to anybody working with the finances, the hard stuff really lies in what's behind the money. And um, so we did that. And that over time led me to realize that a lot of people growing up in these families, the rising gen, um, felt pretty isolated about their experiences and started the research that um, I've been involved in. So when you say they feel isolated, what do you mean? So what me and my colleague in the UK, Russ Hayward, did is we interviewed 25 rising gen family members. Could have been in Indonesia, could have been in Chicago or in New York, could have been in Costa Rica, because we really got a global reach. And we found that all of them have an experience that they grow up in families where they're giants that they um, are, are born into the world of. And that's true not only in the most wealthy families, but that's true in any family where there's some prominence and significance. And we found that they kind of live this, the experience in isolation. It's not something they go talk about at school, but it, it's part of their struggle to sort out who they are. And that's kind of a unique characteristic about them. And over some time, we actually discovered that there's a path that the rising gen, whether it's Indonesia or whether it's Costa Rica, go through um, and um, focused on their isolation, their struggle to have agency, to have you know power in their lives. And uh, for a lot of them, to be able to want to have some impact, either in the family or in the world. They want to make some kind of difference, which is different than seeing them as uh, spoiled brats who are waiting for money to fall in their lap at some point. Yeah, that's interesting, right? You you might look at the child of Jeff Bezos or Michael Jordan or name whatever, the son of a, a, a famous musician or actor and think, ah, oh, that kid's got it great. But we have no idea. Right. And it could be quite could, could be quite the opposite. They could feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm interested in I'm I'm an individual, too, you know, and I'm interested in going out and making my mark and I want to have control over my life and chart my own course. But the world looks at me and thinks maybe what we just described, like 
what, why would I listen to anything you have to say or, 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 or who knows? I guess it's just not necessarily uh, as awesome as we might think. So, George, one of the examples I have, because I didn't interview Michael Jordan's kids or Jeff Be- Bezos, but I interviewed a lot of others. And one woman said to us, as, as she was struggling to figure out who she was and what she wanted to do, she was also aware that there were all these opportunities she had. She'd been given a good education. She'd been given the opportunity to travel and um and finding her place was was a, a unique challenge for her. Mm-hmm. So talk about this. Talk about this. This. Uh, this. 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 This path. Um, what's 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 the best way to sort of unpack it? <laughs> I was hoping you'd ask. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> the path has four steps. And I want to make it clear at the very beginning, it's not linear. It's not like you do step one and then you do step two. The first path is step is a moment of where awareness. So, for example, we had interviewed somebody whose parents were in the diamond industry. Her dad would come home with diamonds and she learned to count by counting with diamonds. Mm-hmm. Went off to school and realized not everybody else was learning to count by counting diamonds. <laughs> The next phase is what I call a tug of war. And I think it happens in some degree for everybody. We're born into a world, there are lessons in the world that we're born into, but as we go out into the world, we get exposed to other ideas. At one point, we're kind of pulled between the two of them. At some point, hopefully, if we don't have parents that are um, doing too much helicoptering or snow plowing, um, we go into a phase of exploration, which is really a period where we are a little bit, you know, we internalize what we're brought up with, we're a little freer to explain the world. It's a very important phase because it's really where we sort sort things out as we begin to sort out hopefully, because not everybody does it, how we're going to take um, ownership of our own lives. So that moment of awareness, that, that makes a ton of sense. Like, okay, I, I, I'm living a different experience. That tug of war, is is it common that that young people maybe reject? Is, 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 is that part of it? Well, the way I like to talk about it, is, you know, you go off into school, come on one day and you bring some information back and your parents go, oh, how cute. And then you get a little older and you go out and you begin to rebel a little bit, you know, maybe like Prince Harry. And you come back home and guess what? The royal family isn't saying, oh, my God, how cute. You know, and uh, and to some degree, we all do that somewhat. Um because I've worked in every economic group in society. So um, some of that's true for rich or, rich or poor, um, but it's that pull between the two worlds. Yeah, it makes sense that uh, that, that does exist at, uh, at, at, at probably most, at, at so many different levels. What was the third step? The third step is exploration. 
it's a tough one to kind of get your hands around because we kind of assume that when somebody goes off to college, that's a period of exploration. But a lot of times it's people growing up, people still feel very tied to the world they were brought up in. And so the best example I have was a, a woman whose uh, uh, parents were the first to bring a major car dealer to Mexico. And because of family dynamics, the business failed. And she watched her father go bankrupt. But what she did to do was she, she traveled to different culture countries and she struggled to get as much as experience as she could, even though she wanted to hold on to the importance of the, Me the Mexican culture that she was brought up in. So for her, that was her period of sorting out learning about the world, but being connected and trying to figure out who she was and what she was going to do within the world. Yeah. That exploration phase and trying to figure out who I am is, is <laughs> most certainly an important one. So how, how often do people figure that out on their own? Is that common? So I'm in my 70s, and I would describe writing the book that I wrote as the first true moment of legitimacy in my life. And it's not that I wasn't successful and didn't accomplish things before, but it was the first time that I really thought I made a contribution that could make a difference in the world. And I didn't feel that my dad's contributions to the world were you know, that I was in the shadow of those contributions. And um, in families who have prominence or wealth, that's a big deal. So, because inheriting money doesn't accomplish it. That's not like, oh, God, I inherited money, and now I'm able to, you know, find meaning in my life and purpose and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. So that can take a long time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, certainly congratulations on 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 feeling that way. What is what is the fourth step? And the fourth step is taking ownership of your life. And I don't think like there's one moment you wake up and you say, Oh God, I got control of my life. You know, I, I feel you always have the potential to get pulled back. But it's, it's where you begin to see that you live in a world of possibility and that you want to make a difference. So, you, you, you know, um, short version of a story, we interviewed somebody who, after working for this parents, Kate was fired by email, rediscovered who he was, knocked on his dad's door after two years of not talking to his parents and began to be seen in a different light. And has begun to, to really sort out his world independently and take some agency over what he's doing. It makes all the sense in the world to me. Taking ownership of your life, And that this isn't necessarily a sequential thing because you've obviously had ownership of your life earlier on than the moment when you wrote this book. 
Well, of course. You know, at one point I married a lovely woman. She had three kids. I didn't. Let, I, I didn't let the the fact that they were pretty crazy when I first met them get in the way. You know, I made decisions about what was important for me. But also, like most human beings, I had rough moments. I made mistakes. Talk in the book about breaking moments, times when you're thrown into to confusion and go through periods of liminality of being betwixt and between. And um, and all of that adds up to to creating a life story. Mm-hmm. So, what are you hoping that that when somebody picks this book up and engages, or and or engages in the process with with you directly, that that the end result will be? So, at the end of the book. I have a question and I have a group of exercises. I want to move people into action. And we're actually, in addition to, you know, offering to get out there and speak about the book, we're creating a, a, a cohort of rising gen family members that um, are going to be part of a one-year program. Because we really want them want to create the experience for for people, you can do it on your own, but we want to create the experience for people to really think about who they are and begin to sort life out for themselves. Yeah, it strikes me that that would be really, really valuable. I think that cohort-based learning is is a really, really impactful thing. And in this situation where it is easy to feel so isolated, in fact, common, to be able to recognize, okay, I'm certainly not alone. There are other people that are having these thoughts, these feelings like I am, and we can work together to to come out with the best possible scenario. Are uh, is this generation? Are they like other generations? How 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 are they different? Well, this generation is a great question because this generation keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> and um and you know the biggest example i have of a di- of a difference is when i was growing up my father went to england and came and came back and gave me a bicycle an english racing bicycle i was in heaven because part of what it meant was i could ride off and they didn't they couldn't gps me didn't know where i was <laughs> And and now I watch um, my grandkids being GPS by their parents. You know, there's there's far more. I don't know if it's more belief that the world's dangerous, or just um, a different idea about what good parenting is. And um, and you know, we're on Zoom. We did all these interviews on Zoom. I was able to talk to people in Indonesia, right? And they have meaningful conversations. It's a different world. Yeah, there's there's, there's no doubt about that. And I also remember being able to uh, escape my house and be gone for as long as I wanted to. And nobody knew, knew where I was. And I've got a six and a three-year-old. And I'm going to have to grapple with trying to, uh, trying to give them a similar experience to that. My wife will probably have more to say about that than I will anyway. So it is, it is a, a, a generation of, of young people who are 
dealing with uncertainty and fluctuations and, and, and change, but they want essentially the same things as, 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 as you and I want? Yeah, you know, I can't figure out if the world's really crazier than it's all about, always been or whether we just watch it on TV more. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And COVID was, COVID was a breaking moment for the world. And we went through a period of liminality where we felt betwixt and between. And we're just coming back. And I don't think we even know what the impact of all that is. That generation's growing up. Yeah. Well, I see so much value in, in engaging in a process like this of recognizing where I am in the world, wherever that might be, of struggling with ideas that are different than mine and different than my family's. And trying to figure out, go through that process of who I am and 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 owning my successes and failures and 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 my life. So thank you. Well, that's it exactly, George. I mean what you're talking about, you going through is what I write about in the book. And how how obviously families receive it well is is there um maybe that's not obvious there's probably a lot of families that you called on that said no thanks we're not interested in this we'll 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 figure it out on our own you know it's interesting to me when i made contact with people who are in the rising gen and the oldest person i interviewed was 75 years old so i want to want to be clear about that and he was part of one of the wealth was once one of the wealthiest families in the world, the Kaiser family. And uh, the built the grandfather built the Hoover Dam. But everybody wanted to tell these stories. They wanted to make a difference for other people growing up. Um, and the question we asked them is, what is it like growing up in the land of giants? And they didn't ask us, what do you mean by giants? They immediately talked about who the giants were and what their experience was. And I I don't think the giants even understand the impact of um, prominence in unusual success. Don't understand the, the did you say impact of prominence and unusual success? Yeah. I mean, some people talk about it as, okay, I put my kids on a private jet and they focus on the money portion of it. Um, but the real uh, implication is um, how, how much they've done in their lives and what measuring up to that, um, what, the achievement portion, the that um, is what we kept hearing repeatedly from those we talked about. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not surprised to hear that that it's that that was the challenge and 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 the opportunity was to figure out what your achievement is is 
is that what it is to figure out what my contribution will be? I'm just trying to find a different word. What my achievement will be? How do yeah, I celebrate my achievement? Contribution, because sometimes it's not about the job you take, right? It's, but it's um, sometimes it's about doing a good job like you're trying to do, raising that next generation of kids and in, in a world that's kind of what, what the world is. And um, um, so it's a very personal inner experience because um, I'm much more focused on if you change the inside, the outside will follow. And, you know, there's a chapter about um, women in there. So I tell stories of three very different women and I talk about there's another chapter where I talk about when the giants become mortal and you begin to see them for who they are. So it's it's all of that that becomes part of this. You uh, talked at the beginning about how, no offense to a lot of the financial folks, but it's what's behind the money. And I certainly couldn't agree more. I think, <laughs> I think that money is is not a good thing or a bad thing. It just is. And uh, you could give somebody a billion dollars and watch them be bankrupt in, uh, you know, six months later, or uh, I think you understand what I'm saying. So, so important to to be open to engaging in this kind of work if you ever hope to individually be happy. Um with yourself and certainly as a parent, if you ever hope your kids to to have happy and enriched lives that they own, then this isn't going to take care of itself. So I'm grateful that you uh you 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 did the work and wrote the book. And thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they get a copy of The Quest for Legitimacy, how children of families discover their unique place in the world. So the website is questforlegitimacy.com and the book can be found anywhere where books are sold. Um, I don't advertise one source over another source, but, um, and um, it's available on Kindle as well as hard copy. So. Excellent. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Dr. Jamie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to questforlegitimacy.com and check out everything that Dr. Jamie is working on and then pick up a copy of Quest for Legitimacy, How Children and Families Discover Their Unique Place in the World, wherever you buy your books. Thanks again, Jamie. George, thank you. This is a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. And until next time, remember... Do your part by doing your best.